Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, hello, Sanjo here. That's right, it's another episode where I pop in just after I finish editing to let you know about some things. Firstly, there's a pretty big announcement in this episode. We are joining a podcast network. We are joining That's Not Canon Productions. They're a really cool Australian-based podcast collective and network that we are going to be joining up with next week. We get into all the details during the episode, but there is one thing that I forgot to mention. Uh, We are going to be changing podcast feed providers. Now, that should be happening uh, Thursday Australian time, and it shouldn't really affect how you find the episode at all, but if you find yourself coming to listen to the show next week and you can't find the brand new episode, then what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to unsubscribe from us, Uh, reload your podcast app, search us up again, and then subscribe again. Uh, A couple of times for podcasts that I follow, they have done this RSS feed changeover thing, and I have had to do that to listen to new episodes. Now, this shouldn't happen, but if it does happen, that's how to fix it. Unsubscribe, restart your app, search us up, and subscribe again, and that should fix it but it shouldn't happen. Now, the second thing that I had to bring up is we were um, trying out some updated recording software this this episode, and you guessed it, uh, there was some issues with the recording. I have had to recover all the audio, and unfortunately, it doesn't sound as great as most of our episodes. Uh, There's some, some mic issues, particularly for me. I have done my best to clean it up, but unfortunately, it's not as high quality as I would like it to be. Just imagine that you're listening to a podcast from 2001, that we have time-travelled back to 2001 to talk about Monkey Bone, and our mics reflect that. Our mic qualities reflect the year 2001. Uh, Sorry for any inconvenience with that audio issue, but I think this is a really fun episode. We talk about a very weird movie, so without any further ado, here it is, our review of Monkey Bone. Imagine a year! Where Brendan Fraser gets cuckled by a monkey. <laughs> what, what year could that be, Zach? The year is 2001. One, 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 one. Welcome to Oldie But A Goodie, the only podcast to our knowledge covering movies from 2001 in the order they came out in. Oh boy, this week is is an interesting one. Uh, as always, my name is Sundro and I'm joined by Zacky Bone. <laughs> oh, I hate that name! Oh, I hate this movie. <laughs> That's fair! Nah, it, it wasn't that bad. The film's called Monkey Bone. It wasn't that bad, but there was definitely mm. something missing from the entirety of it. Like enjoyment. Oh, y- y- yeah. No, 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 yeah. No, no. 
there was definitely some great things, and there was definitely some not great things. This is the most 2001 movie we've watched um, this year so far. It's definitely the most, like, modern studio movie yes. that we've watched so far, in that uh, it's an adaption of something that's really cool, and the studio decided to tamper and ruin it. Oh, oh, is this why this movie is so bad? It's the studio. I think it I is. I was doing a, a good old studio came in and was like, oh, add fart jokes, lol. <laughs> yeah. Oh. The entire third act of this movie is just a fart joke. Oh, what was God. Up with that? Oh. But Brendan Fraser is in it, which does put it above a lot of other bad stuff. Yes. And he's great. He's really good at this, yeah. as he is in everything. Mwah. Now, I, I, I've got a bit of a story uh, for this movie. Oh, okay. I remember I was but a wee lad. I had seen The Mummy for the first time. I think it was around, around the time The Mummy 3 came out, because I was really big on The Mummy. As we all were. I was really big on Brendan Fraser. And I went to the library, and I was like, show me your Brendan Fraser movies. Mm. So there was George of the Jungle. Oh, no, oh, classic. Classic. And then there was this one. Oh. I rented them both. Oh. Uh, I saw George of the Jungle and was like, it was pretty good. Yeah. I never saw this. I never actually watched no. it. I just returned it. Oh, we were so close to greatness, Sandro. You literally rented it out. Yeah, if I had seen it when I rented it out for the first time, this might be a completely different episode. This might have been a... a, yeah. a, a different, I might have been here defending this movie from you. <laughs> yeah. You, you would have had your sword and shield out saying this was the greatest movie of all time. Instead, you're not quite so much. Not very good. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll get into the review in a second, but uh, up top as well, we've got a couple things to mention. Number one, uh, new Patreon episode out on Wednesday. If you liked our Robocop episode last year, you're in luck because we're doing the sequel on Wednesday over on Patreon. Uh, Zach, what are your anticipations for a Robocop sequel? Ah, I'm Monkey Zach! I'm sure hoping for a lot of fart jokes and horniness! I don't know if... I mean, there will be horniness because it's the 80s. Ah, that's true, that's true. Hey, maybe Monk... uh, Zacky Bones got got a point. If there is a fart joke, I'm going to be thoroughly disappointed <laughs> in, in in life. Apparently the sequel's more violent, so oh, I'm not sure if there oh. would be a fart joke in it. I don't know. Oh, that sounds, that sounds good. Although that does mean if it's more violent, it might be less clever. Yep. But we'll have to see. Probably a good point. I mean, yeah, the director who did the first one isn't involved in the sequel, I don't think. Oh, oh, so. okay. Then I'm expecting it to be less clever, which is my main like of the first movie. We should do all that guy. Well, the three like Hollywood movies that, that guy made before he then went back into the art world, which is that one, Starship Troopers, and Total Recall. Oh, yeah, Starship Troopers. I remember, was it last year or the year before, there was that whole hoo-ha. It's like, everyone that watched Star Troopers was wrong. <laughs> And it's actually a thing on society. We live in a society. And everyone who had seen it before went, 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> obvious. I think that was l- last year or, or maybe 2020. I don't know. All the years blur together. But that's not the only thing that's happening on Wednesday. In fact, I don't know if it is happening on Wednesday, maybe Thursday. But we're doing something big. <gasps> we are joining a podcast collective network. What? We're becoming the Borg? What? Sure. <laughs> you, you said we're joining the collective. <laughs> we are, yes. We are joining the collective. We are the Not Canon Podcast. <laughs> we are going to be assimilated? Is that the book? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assimilated. Because I always get it mixed up with the Cyberman that came first. Ah. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> All right. You're already started a nerd war by mentioning the two different scenarios. Oh. But Doctor Who doesn't have a single Cyberman episode that's as good as First Contact. Or or any good episodes. Oh, you, oh. you got it there, except it was incredibly in- factually incorrect. <laughs> yeah, no, there are some good episodes. I just wanted to make some person really mad for two seconds. That poor listener who <laughs> just got really mad. Uh, yeah, we are joining That's Not Canon Productions. They reached out to us. They were like, come join us. And we were like, okay. Yeah, they sounded really cool. They got a lot of cool podcasts on their thing. And we were like, well, why don't we add one more? Add mm. one more cool one. And we love stuff that's not canon. Or, or, so... or to pick up on the lame side of podcasts, you know. <laughs> they don't have many lame podcasts. Maybe they need us there, you know. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. <laughs> Maybe we'll cause some controversy. <laughs> Oh, I... What? Is that a word? One country says controversy incorrectly like that. (laughs) I don't know which one. That's good enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're joining That's Not Canon. It's not going to really change anything for you, the listener, aside from there might be ads next week. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm really excited to join the thing. Yeah. And potentially get some guests on. There might be some new faces. We might be doing crossovers. Uh, Who knows? There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. Crossovers. Crossovers. That's... I mean, that's what 2001's all about, Sandro. Crossovers. Good point. We're doing the crossover segment this year. Yeah, there you go. Let's talk about Monkey Bone. Yeah, let's get to serious business. Serious business. All right, you had two other movies to pick this week. And both of them would have been better, I think. Um... Oh, oh, maybe not. Well, you had 3,000 Miles to Graceland, a dark comedy Mm. about a plot to rob a casino during a convention of Elvis impersonators. Ah, yeah, yeah. That that one would have been very stupid as well. Yeah. Because it would have had that thing where they dress up as Elvises to escape. Into the Elvis convention. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys is like, I don't actually know anything about Elvis, so he <laughs> does a bad voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, surprisingly enough, that actually has a lower tomato meter than uh, the film we're doing today. I'm not sure I'm not sure if it's a surprise. That's true. And then you also had, last resort, a young Russian woman and her son try to immigrate to Britain. That sounds like it could be good. Yeah, but we're not going to get any content out of that. What are we going to do? Make fun of immigration? (laughs) (laughs) You got a point there. (laughs) 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 Yeah, no, we wouldn't do that. Yeah, no, that, 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 yeah. (laughs) It's bad, it's bad move. It's bad look on us. That's the whole podcast. Yeah, All right, so instead you chose a horny Brendan Fraser monkey. Would it be better to make fun of immigrants? Mm. In a way, this movie is about immigration. Oh, that is true. If you really think about it. Mm. Mm. Yes, if you really think about the integral story, this is about the immigration of the mind. (laughs) 
Yes. All right, this was released February 23rd. It is based off a graphic novel called Dark Town by Kaja Blackley. That was released mm. in the mid-90s. Uh, the graphic novel was passed on to the director of this movie, and he instantly fell in love with it and was like, I'm going to make the movie. Mm. His name is Henry Selick, and you've definitely seen movies by him, and you probably are like, oh yeah, it makes sense that he directed this as well. Other films he's directed are Coraline ah. and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Ah. Makes sense, hey? Makes sense. Yes, very visually impressive director, I'd say. He's got a new uh, stop-motion movie coming out later this year, actually. Ooh, very exciting. And he's making a TV show based off the Little Nightmares games, which is also cool. Well, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. That's very left field to be making a show about that game. About Little Nightmares, yeah. I think I I own it, but I haven't played it, and it it looks very cool. It's pretty creepy, like... Yes. I wonder if he's played it. I wonder if he's he's 100%ed the game. Well, I don't know if he's 100%ed the game. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I want to call him out. If you have a hundred percent game you can't direct the tv show Oof! the only person who's ever 100 percented a game that a tv show was based off is probably henry cavill yeah that's true he's the only one that's as big of a fan of any like that's game. true actually good on him and and that's why he's allowed to be the witcher i say uh circling back to nightmare before christmas the movie that people think tim burton directed when he didn't there is a Tim Burton connection, because this movie is written by Sam Ham, great name, mm. who wrote Batman 89. Mm. I see. There is a loose, vague connection somewhat, if you really dig deep. Yeah, he wrote Batman 89, which um, plays quite fast and loose with the source material, mm. as does this movie. Yeah, now... Uh... What was the original source material for this movie called again? Yeah, it's a it's a graphic novel called Dark Town. Uh, I couldn't find it anywhere. I kind of wanted to read it, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Dark Town. Dark Town comic. <sighs> yeah, it looks quite cool. The art style is really weird. But yeah, the director said that he wanted to stick quite closely to the source material, but obviously that didn't end up happening. I think it is the studio. I think it's a lot of studio interference, um, just Mm. trying to make it a bit more lighter, a bit more for kids, even though the, the movie is still probably too horny for kids. Yes. Well, here's the thing, Sandro. The kids don't know what horny is. So you can put a lot of it in, and the kids don't know what's going on. Yes, but a good amount of horniness for a kid's film is The Mask, Mm. right? That's pretty solid. Yes. In which it kind of skirts around the edges, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm not saying there was a good amount in this movie. There was literally two seconds in, and I was like, why is the monkey horny? (laughs) Why? Why? This movie doesn't really skirt around that at all. (laughs) Oh my god, it was the worst decision. Yeah. Okay, if you take out the horniness and the fart jokes, this movie is fantastic. I think it's still a bit undercooked. I think it's still a bit undercooked, but it would be more enjoyable. 
Yeah, well, you have to replace you have to replace the horniness and the fart jokes with something else. With plot, but yeah, with plot, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'd help. But I, uh, I would have liked it a hundred times more. Mm. But every time one of those jokes was made, I would just. Uh, uh, so this is the uh, very brief synopsis of the comic book. A man is in a coma after being in a car accident, finds himself in yep. Dark Town, which is a land dominated by strange puppets and marionettes with button eyes. Coraline. Oh. Coraline. That's weird, yeah. The lords of the Dark Town try to kill him and use his body as a vessel for Dark Town. Oh. Um, and he's got to try and escape and everything. Oh, so Monkey Bone himself wasn't in the original story? It uh, doesn't look like it. No. Oh, God, that's awful. Yeah, looks like Monkey Bone isn't in the comic the whole uh, second half of the movie with the dead body is not in the comic. Well, they had to they had to make that up so that he could come back, right? I guess. Because the whole reason he comes back as a dead body is because Monkey Bone is taking over his, right? Mm. Which, of course, everything before that you could excuse as just Brendan Fraser going on a trip, right? Yeah. And I like it when a movie can be like, yeah, you could look at it as the movie's silly perspective where he, like, cheated death and other things. Or it's just a guy went crazy for, like, an hour and then came out of a coma, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But, uh, no, unfortunately, this movie goes full superstitious where a dead body comes back and then is chased by the doctors who demand that he give over his organs. That would have been funny if it was Jim Carrey. Mm. You know what? Easy way to fix this movie, as much as I love Brendan Fraser, just put Jim Carrey in it. That might have fixed it. I think, here's how you fix it. You remove Monkey Bone and go with the original source material. <laughs> that might have helped. <laughs> that might have helped. So, for the cast, uh, as we already mentioned, Brendan Fraser plays Stu. He was already a movie star at this point. Uh, it's just after The Mummy. Mm. Uh, yeah, look, we've done movies with him before, uh, during our first year of the show. Which movies did we do? Oh, yeah, we did the film he did with Adam Sandler. That was really fun. Brendan Fraser's great. I love I love my Brendan boy. He's in the mummy. Everyone's this is mummy. It's great. He's back now as well. He's doing heaps of stuff now. He's he's, mm. he's in Doom Patrol. Yeah, yeah. I I love how we're having the resurgence of Brendan Fraser. He's back. He's great. Brendan Fraser memes are hot on the block at the moment, and it's great. No, he is a wonderful person, and so it's great that he's back. Uh, and yeah, he, yeah, he is the lead in this. Playing Monkey Bone is John Turturro. Mm. Uh, he's in a bunch of great Coen Brothers movies, uh, but he's also the guy that Bumblebee pisses on in the first Transformers film. Wait, who? Whoa, 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 wait. That actor... Yes. ...is playing Monkey Bone. Is the voice. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's great, but he makes some very questionable movie decisions every now and yeah, then. I was about, I was about to say, I was about to say. Uh, now, has this man ever looked at the contract he's given in his life? He's in heaps and heaps and heaps of Transformers movies, so pr he probably just does that for the money. To be I honest, mean, yeah, no, uh, no, and good on him. Actually, he's yeah. he is 
probably the best thing in the later Transformers movies. That it's just random cop dude that was obsessed. Yep. That was like the villain in the first one. It's just like there in the rest of it. It's like, what the fuck are you still doing in these movies? Yeah. It's great. That's true. But he's he's great in those movies. He's probably the best thing in those movies. It's so funny. He is funny in them. Yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah. And he's also playing Carmen Falcone in The Batman, which is out in like a week which is cool i i remember it was like in sorry i'm going on a tangent now oh. because the transformers movies are a fucking nightmare and i and we I, should have a rule which is no transformer like we can never bring up that franchise ever never bring up the fucking transformers franchise because we're gonna have drives... to do a patreon series on them at one point because we keep talking about them uh, yeah look look it it drove me to insanity those movies Especially I was so one. much looking forward to the the Dinobots, and it was the biggest letdown I've ever had in my entire existence. It's a terrible movie. But I remember that whatever movie the King Arthur plot is in, he uh, he has like his backstory revealed that he's like a used to be military sort of thing. Like he's got all these connections and stuff, and becomes an action hero or some crap. Really, it's great. You remember anything from that movie? I'm surprised. I remember his part. Oh, no. I remember a lot from those movies. Wow. I have them ingrained in my skull. And hate is written (laughs) all over them. I think I saw that film once, and the only thing I can remember was Anthony Hopkins had the Hitler watch. (laughs) That's the only thing I can remember (laughs) about that movie. The watch that killed Hitler. Yeah, and C-3PO's there walking around. You're like, what is C-3PO doing in this movie? Oh, the C-3PO is uh, manhandling regular-sized Transformers. How do you remember any of this? I am amazed. Because I have it burned (laughs) to my retina. Why why not remember stuff about the good one, Bumblebee? (laughs) I could probably remember. I've never seen it, actually. It's the best one! (laughs) I know, and I haven't seen it, because I just, at that point, I was dead on Transformers films, and I had given up. But I should absolutely see it. It's great. Um, Well, maybe if we do a six-part Transformers series on Patreon. I would love to do that. I would not. Well... You don't have to rock up for the episode. I could probably talk about <laughs> this them to, to a wall for an hour and 20 minutes. If you want that, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, other cast members. Bridget Fonda is in this. She plays Ju- Julie. She's in Jackie Brown, a great mm. underrated Tarantino movie. She's also in The Godfather Part 3. Now, she she's a great actor. But she retired in 2002, just after this movie came out. Hmm. Coincidence? Hmm. I think not. (laughs) I think she was really good in this, actually, though. She she is quite good. Uh, Who else is also good? Whoopi Goldberg plays Death. She's good. Oh, yeah. That was so funny. I was like... What is Whoopi Goldberg doing in this movie? Well, because they took a pretty dark comic book and they turned it into a comedy, so they just get all the comedy people, I guess. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. Yeah. I, I really wish they this had stayed a darker film, because the, the dark bits were some of the best bits in the film. They were. It's almost like the director wanted to do the dark bits and didn't want to do all the other bits, so he had a subplot where it was all about corporate takeover. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, and finally, Giancarlo Esposito plays the God of Sleep. Uh, he's from Breaking Bad, and he's Moff Gideon in The Mandalorian. Oh, he was good. He was good as well. I liked his little legs. But also, he was quite intimidating when he when he became, like, the devil. And he's like, Monkey Bone, you have to get me some nightmares. And Monkey Bone's like, ah, I just did a fart! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! That was the most realistic impersonation of Monkey Bone. Oh god! This has nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience score is not mm. much better. Twenty-seven percent audience score. Four point eight out of ten on IMDb, and the cinema score is C, which is surprisingly high. Yeah, probably because a lot of kids went to see the film. Oh, you're probably right. This is rated PG-13, though. Mm. Because uh, it's, of course, got an entire sequence when Brandon Fraser strips. Yeah! <laughs> uh, do- does he strip, though? He kind of just swings around a bed and clothes are taken off. What is the audience for this? Because all the jokes are fart jokes. Yeah. It's very childish, but then it's also not really suitable for many kids because it's too scary and although i guess you could probably say that about Coraline. yeah i i think i think this is a kids film i think Mm. this is a kids film where the movie's just too horny and it was like back in those days they thought horny equaled funny i think from 2000 to 2010 there was just a lot of horny I mean, yeah, until the internet made it easier to yeah, find yeah. stuff. Yeah, people were yeah, exactly. Everybody was way too horny back then, but then the internet resolved that problem and the movies after that became a lot less horny. Yep. You know, old old 80s films, they used to have a a tata out or two, you know. Nowadays, you just go on the internet for two seconds. Yeah. And you're done. You're done. You are done. Yeah. <laughs> and and now, now people go to these movies that are super horny and they're like, why is it so horny? I'm not horny. I don't relate to this. <laughs> Stupid movie. Maybe. It's not funny at all. Maybe that, that is what happens. Because back in the day, it's like, oh yeah, I'm horny. This movie's horny. I can relate. <laughs> Look, you might actually have a point. As much as I... Uh, <laughs> disagree with elements of your argument i think that you do have a point i'm just saying that nowadays it's so much better now that movies aren't so horny i disagree most blockbusters nowadays are boring because they're not (laughs) horning okay quote unquote i'm writing that down (laughs) i'm bringing it back all right this cost 75 million dollars makes sense a lot of effects a lot of cgi a lot of practical stuff a lot of puppets a lot of fancy haircuts, $75 million, well spent visually, I would say. What do you think this made worldwide? Look, so the visual effects were really impressive of this movie, actually. Yeah. It was very, very cool. Really good. Uh, I think this did reasonably well. I'm going to say, like, 77. 77, just breaking even, just breaking even, all right. Yeah, or maybe maybe we'll go a bit more. I'll go 85. 85. Right. Uh, well, worldwide, this made $7.6 million. Oh! Yep. Oh! No one saw it. How much of a loss is that? It lost how much? It, it, it made 7.5, off of $75 million. So it lost $70 million. $70 million were lost in, in Monkey Bone. Yep. Plus 
advertising, wow. you're looking at a lot, a lot of loss. That is a huge loss. Yeah. That is a huge failure. It is pretty bad. It is February. Mm. I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, what does that mean, Sergeant? Uh, there's three taglines. According to IMDb, got to give them a thumb up or a thumb down. First one. Mm. If it yells, if it swings, it's got to be monkey bone. No! There's so many... Tarzan! One! George of the Jungle. Th- th- that's not monkey bone. Yeah! Yeah! Immediate connection with Brendan Fraser Tarzan. Yep. That's not a monkey bone. It's not. Although, maybe he's boning some monkey. What? Who said that? Not me. <laughs> okay, Sandro. Um, uh, two. No. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> That's bad. Thumbs down. Many different things could swing. Uh, Brendan Fraser is a dead body in this movie. Uh, he, was sw- he was swinging and screaming. That's not monkey bone. Uh, the second tagline. Get boned. <laughs> he said serious. No, you made that up. Nah, that's a real tagline. No. It's a real tagline. What? Yep. That's so bad. Yep. How did no one, did no one saw this movie when you had a tagline that says get boned? You know what this reminds me of? That sounds like a tagline from a porno. It reminds me of that movie we saw... Uh, where it was the Muppets, but crime and very raunchy. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Although, at least that movie that movie was, like, purposely like that, though. Oh, boy. Your third tagline is, Bone to be bad. Oh, oh, no! How did it get worse, Sandro? How did the lights get worse? I thought the first one was bad. <laughs> But this is how does how do I go? Is there a worse than a thumbs down? Uh, you could give it a pile of poop. It's <laughs> <laughs> what it deserves. Oh uh, well, that is the taglines. Wow. Moving on to the other stuff that we do, which is the whole plot of the movie. Uh, do we have to? <laughs> <sighs> it's not the worst film we've done this year, is it? know anymore it's not the worst but it's one of the most painful films we've done it's just painful anyway because because it it's it's it has very high peaks which means when you fall Mm. it hurts more it hurts more yeah you know like if a movie is just bad right here hear me out hear me out if a movie is just bad you've already fallen down yes you don't get back up again to fall again it's all you're already down in the crap. Are you now? Are you talking about a movie that's bad and boring, or bad but funny? No, because there's there's bad but funny, and I feel like once you're down there, if the movie like is so bad it's good, mm-hmm. it's like you are enjoying it down there. Mm-hmm. Where a movie that's boring is just sort of in the middle, right? Yeah. There's no falling, but there's no rising. You haven't done anything. Was a movie so bad you've fallen so far down you've come back to the other side, right? Yes, that's like New York Ninja or something like that. Yeah, 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 exactly like that. Exactly like that. You fall, yeah. you fall, you fall, and suddenly you're on top again. Oh my, had this happen? It's like that movie Total Recall where they go through the center of the earth somehow. It doesn't make any sense. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you climb it up. You're like, oh, look at these visual effects. Oh, look at this, the the story of this underworld. He goes into this coma sort of thing. Everything's great. You're at the peak of your enjoyment. And then, woohoo, I'm a horny monkey. And splat. <laughs> and you fall. And you fall. And you crash. And you break your neck, your bones, your skull, your elbows. And everything's just pain. <laughs> that is exactly what, what this movie is. It, and it's because you can see how good it could have been is the worst bit of this film. Yeah, that's what hurts. That's what hurts the most. Uh, so the movie opens, we see Brendan Fraser. He's a cartoonist. Mm. He's got a very popular comic strip mm. called Monkey Bone. Uh, and a TV show is being based off of that comic strip. And we see a clip of the pilot. Is the worst foot a movie has ever put in at the start, I feel. Because it's... Brendan Fraser was a kid in school. Yes. And his teacher's got really flabby arms. Yes, because they're old. Because, uh, yeah, it's an old teacher. It's that old fab. Oh, God, it makes me want to vomit thinking about them. Brendan Fraser, as a kid, looks at those flabby arms, and he gets a monkey bone. Yes. It's a boner. He gets horny. What? <laughs> yes. This is how the movie starts, by the way, <laughs> is with this. And it's the worst opener I think I can remember ever from yeah. the movie. No, it's really bad. What is Monkey Bone? His boner. His imagined... So what it is, is his imagined personification mm. of his boner. Is a monkey. Which makes sense. Yes, because... Because Sandro... Because Sandro, boners are funny. Well, yes. And horny is funny. Yes. Therefore, if it's a if it's a living personification of it, then it's got to be funny. And somehow this comic strip based off of his a monkey boner. A monkey sex drive. Yes. Is super popular and getting a kids TV show. There's heaps of merch. Yes. Now it <laughs> The, the amount of money spent on this film to make all the, like, things yeah. astounds me. Because we open with this uh, this uh, pilot mm. where the guy gets horny over the teacher's arm flabs. Immediately it goes into, everyone's like, yeah, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And then it cuts to Brendan Fraser going over and they have like merch for this monkey. Yep. And I'm like, how? How did they get merch? How did they, why did they make this? Why did they spend money on this horny, stupid monkey? It's the worst part of this film. It's really bad. That's the main selling plot of the entire film is this monkey as well. And it's not believable that... A comic strip in 2001 would become popular? That's not believable either. Uh, no one's overtaken Garfield. That's what I'm saying. No one's overtaken no, Garfield. I'm saying it's like a Marvel situation, right? Mm. It's the monkey MCU, all right? The monkey Marvel extended universe. Oh, something's definitely extended. I'll tell you that much for free. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. The MCU, the monkey cinematic universe. So he's turning down a bunch of merch opportunities because he doesn't like the corporateness mm. and all that. He just wants to make art. Because he's like, this is feels very corporate chill. Yep. He's a he's a cool guy. He doesn't do it for the merch. He does it for the passion. Exactly. He he does it for the passion of drawing a horny monkey that gets sexual feelings of arm flaps, you know? The respect 
of an artist is really what he's there for. So then he jumps in his car to drive home so that he can propose to his girlfriend, but oh no, there's an inflatable monkey in the car, and it blows up, and he loses control. The fact that the original source material is, like, a very serious... Well... Like... Well, I would say serious, but, like, you know... Dark comedy. It's a a dark comedy, you know. So it would have been an actual car crash, and, like, actually traumatic. That would have been a cool movie. A bit like Coraline, where it's like this kid's film that suddenly goes, like, super dark, mm. you know? Yeah. Uh, that's a great movie. I should rewatch that. Ah, oh, it's it's a fantastic piece of cinema. And this could have been quite like that, you know? But um, I feel like I feel like there was a lot of studio meddling yep. that really screwed this movie over. Look, I can only assume that there's a lot of studio meddling. We'll never know what happened, but it feels like studio meddling. Yeah. It also feels like there's massive portions of the movie that were just kind of cut out to make it 90 minutes, but we'll get to that. Yeah. There's some big portions of the movie that felt like they were missing. Um, so yeah, this giant inflatable monkey that they've put in the back of their car seat is also like an instant inflatable one. Yeah. Because Brendan Fraser accidentally pulls on a cord and it inflates. Yeah. One, why does this monkey exist? Why did they put it in their car? Well, I'm saying that's two. Why did they put it in the car? Three. Uh, how did he accidentally pull the cord? Four. What? Um, five. He crashes and dies. Yep. They lose control of the car. It crashes. Uh, he's in a coma. Julie's fine though. Yeah, I like how Julie has like the classic like. Oh, she got a scratch and a bandage. She's yeah. fine. Brendan Fraser. He's he has a broken neck and is put in a coma. Yep, he's put in a coma, and instantly we see him in a roller coaster heading down yeah. to downtown. I like immediately we start seeing some of the better visuals of the films because we see him sinking from the coma bed. Oh, that was great! Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. I wanted to mention that because it was like he's drifting away. But literally, we see him, like, sinking down into mm. the coma bed. And there's, like, a bit of smoke and stuff. And it, like, we see, like, a POV from his perspective as he goes down and down away from reality. And I was like, whoa, that was a very cool visual. And I was like, okay, maybe the film's going to get better. That's what I thought, too. And for and for the next, like, maybe five, seven minutes, it does. For a little bit, yeah, because then he drops down onto a roller coaster and heads into downtown. Mm. It looks very, yeah, like Robert Rodriguez kind of CGI, but it looks kind of cartoony, which was quite cool. Um, yeah, and I think it was fine that Brendan Fraser was a real person. I think it I kind of worked, the visual thing. I think so. I think the movie would have been better if it was animated, but also... I, I, don't, I don't know. I think um they, they had a lot of famous actors yeah. as well, and I don't know if they would have been comfortable doing just voice acting. I think in 2001, voice actors were still doing voice acting. It wasn't just famous people like... Chris Pratt is now Mario and not an actual voice actor. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like, would it have been Brendan Fraser Probably not. voicing the character, or would it have been someone different? I'm just saying, I think I think their decision was fine, and I think it, it, it the look of the movie is actually quite brilliant, except that one bull-headed bartender was horrifying. Yeah, he gets into downtown, he enters the town, and there's a bunch of animal people yeah they don't look 
real. They look like people wearing masks, but the masks are so well done and so large and out of this world and weird that they work really well. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool, very cool. It's it's all these dream creatures. Yeah. Things that are just bizarre. So you have, you have like, a giant cyclops head that walks around. You yeah. got, uh... A bullhead, actually, no, not the bullhead guy, because the bullhead bartender, that was the one head that was animated for some reason, I guess so it could talk. I think that was it. You had, like, a a snake that was a smoker, but it was also a skeleton. You had a cat that was a heavy better. You you had some sphinxes that also looked like... Those Easter Island heads. Yep, that was cool. You had an elephant with several arms, which was like the Indian god. There was there was a lot of mixing Indian and Egyptian influences yeah. together. Because there's also like an Egyptian statue that's got an Indian accent later on in the movie. Yeah, that's true. They really just borrow a lot from Eastern culture. Oh, and of course there's Kitty, who is just a sexy cat lady. Oh, yeah. She was interesting, because she reminded me of Katy Perry from that one yep. Egyptian. Yep. Um, she reminded me of that and Taylor Swift and Cats. Yeah, uh, yes, that's what I was going to say. Yep. I was going to say, <laughs> if you combined them both together, this is what you would get. This is it. Is this cat lady. And, and of course, the elephant in the room. Not the actual elephant, but Monkey Bone. Oh, God. Monkey Bone looks pretty good, I would say. He looks good. Yeah, yeah, he looks very good. Was he like a claymation animation sort of thing? I think it's I think it's CGI, but made to look like claymation. Yeah, however they I'm did it, sure. he looks actually pretty fine. He looks, he, he visually, he's not like the um, bullhead CGI, which is that like shiny, chromey, yeah. awful CGI. Um, he looks really good. But um, he sounds really awful, and his lines are the worst. They're really bad. We're introduced to him doing a stand-up performance in which he sings a song about Julia being a... Uh, I don't know. It's some, like, misogynistic song. We, <laughs> we're first introduced to Monkey Bone as he pops into existence. He introduces a guest onto his show, but the guest is just him cross-dressing mm. um, to be a sexy lady. Um, he does this by putting on a dress and then taking his ears off. Yes. And using his clay-like ears to mold them into breasts. Yes, he does that. Yes. This is how we're introduced to this character. And uh, so Brennan Fraser instantly recognises him. He has a bunch of lines where it, like, makes you think that he's been here before. He leaves the bar where Monkey Bone is. He's like, I hate you, Monkey. He leaves, he goes outside, and he sees this old man being given an exit pass by a Revenant. Now, the Revenants looked great. Mm. I thought they looked really cool. They were like a mix between uh, the evil ghost things from Harry Potter and Crusaders, because they had, like, the red kind of cross on their head thing. Uh, It was cool. Yes. They were spooky ghost men, and everyone went, ooh. They were cool. They were scared. And, yeah, uh, gives an old guy an exit pass. Which, uh, good on that old man. So presumably that guy's been in a coma for years and just pops out of it. And now he's, yeah, he goes up to the Abe Lincoln statue in the sky. Yeah. It's funny. That's how you leave, I guess. Good old, good old Abe. Yeah. They use like a, what are, what are those carnival hammer hitting machines? Yeah, what are they called? I don't know what they're called. 
but you get like a mallet and you slam it down and ding but instead of uh instead of a thing hitting a bell it's a guy being launched into abraham lincoln's statue's mouth yep cool and so brendan Fraser's like hey i want an exit pass hey ghost figure give me an exit pass and the guy's like sorry i'm off duty meanwhile in the real world Julie came home after the accident, saw that he was planning to propose to her, and was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. And then she talked to Brendan Fraser's sister, oh my God. <laughs> who is insistent on pulling the plug. Yes. Because they had an agreement or something. Yes. That if any of them uh, was in a uh, situation where they're being kept alive by machines, that the other sibling would just kill them, uh, which, you know. It happens. I'm, you know, I'm pro-euthanasia. I think that that's fine. But why is that a plot in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it makes the stakes, you know, because he's got to get out. And that is in the original comic as well, actually. Yeah, well, I, I, I would think that that would be in the original comic because that's a dark, but also, like, it, it, make, it makes somewhat sense mm. um, within the world. Uh, but also that sister was... <laughs> Very silly. Very silly character. So so she's constantly being like, we got to do it, we got to do, do, do it, uh, three months She past. is very, yeah, yeah. She's very eager to murder him. Yes. Three months pass. Uh, he's got a beard now. Brendan Fraser has a beard now. Three months have passed. Mm. And they're like, all right, we're going to do it in 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, that's what the doctors say. It's like, after three months, the chances of survival are very slim. So Brendan, so back in the dreamland, Brendan Fraser has a meeting with the God of Sleep. Mmm, yes, he gets invited over. And he watches a dream sequence. Yeah. But the dream isn't his, it's actually his fiance's. Yeah, it's her dream. And she's like, oh my god, they're gonna pull the plug and we get a great visual. And it's a dark visual. Mm. And you know what? That's some of the best visuals in this film, are the dark visuals, where we see Brendan Fraser like... As a as a uh, corpse with like a, a umbilical cord, yeah. Then uh, someone pulls the the umbilical cord, and his body like deflates. Yeah, that's that quite cool. One of the best things, and I wish to find this, is like a rubber Brendan Fraser corpse. Yeah, that's just like a deflated Brendan Fraser. That's a pop that out there somewhere. Out there somewhere. Yeah. Yes. I would like to own that. <laughs> I would like to have that object. If if anyone has any contacts for us to get that prop, uh, let us yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll put in the big bucks. Definitely, definitely. All all this revenue that we're gonna get—that's what it's gonna go to. Exactly. <laughs> so the God of Sleep tells him he's got to go pay a visit to Death and steal an exit pass from her. Mm. So that that's what he and Monkey Bone do. They murder one of Death's agents. Yep. It's quite simple, actually. You just pull off the cloak and they're dead. Yeah, because I guess they're just gas. Yes, and without and without the the cloak over them, they just, like, blow away. It looks cool, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do that, and then they disguise themselves. So Fraser is the legs and Monkey Bone is the head as they walk into Death's domain. And Death's like, you're a bit sus. And they're like, no, nah, we're not. And then her head explodes. Whoa, whoa, you skipped a bit because she's like, go over there. They walk over there and then she like sends her pet dog to grab the cloak and pull it off. And then they're like, oh my God, 
It's Brendan Fraser and a monkey. And a monkey. What's going on and here? And then Death's head explodes. And then Death's head explodes. Uh, Death's lieutenant has to get one of her many heads from a <laughs> from a head cupboard. He drops the first one, which I thought was actually kind of funny. And then Monkey Bone and Brendan Fraser have to try and escape. Uh, and in the escaping, they get one of the exit passes. Yes, yes, they manage to swipe an exit pass uh, just before the head explodes, so that when the head explodes, they're sent flying out of the death's layer. Yep. Um, onto the, the roller coaster. Is this where he drives into, like, a nightmare? Yeah, there's a little moment when, um, because in the real world, what Julie is doing is she's been working on this, like, nightmare juice to kind of give you scarier nightmares. Because science. Science. Why? <laughs> Mad scientists love doing weird science things, you know what I mean? Yeah, that sounds, yeah, that sounds terrible. Why would you make juice to make nightmares? Surely you would want to remove, get a, ah, I guess maybe that's it. They're trying to make like an anti-venom for nightmares, right? Maybe. They're trying to, so first you have to get the venom and then to make the anti-venom, something like that. Yeah, that might make sense to someone. Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so, because they pumped him full of nightmare juices, yeah, he starts having, like, flashbacks to a painting he drew when he was really depressed. You have to explain, they're trying to wake him up, which is why they add all the nightmares. The girlfriend doesn't go, like, have nightmares, bitch. She's trying to scare him awake. Yes. Which, when you're in a coma, you're in a quite critical condition. I feel like having, like, nightmares that would cause you to spring awake, they might actually cause you to die. Yeah. I think that's what would happen, right? Yeah, yeah. But also, he's gonna die in 24 hours anyway. True. So I guess it does make sense to just try something drastic to wake him up. So anyway, she does that. He starts having flashbacks to when he was really depressed and was drawing scary paintings. Yeah, like, he couldn't sleep because he was having such horrible nightmares. Which is never really explored in depth. Yeah, no, and it was probably one of the best bits of the film when he, like, melds into a nightmare, Mm. and I was like, oh, cool, we're gonna go into the nightmare realm now, and he's gonna have to escape through the nightmare realm, and it's gonna be really dark, and it's gonna be really cool, and it's gonna be the best bit of the film, and then it's, like, two seconds because Monkey Bone comes in and rescues him, and then they're out of there. It looked almost like a scene out of... David Lynch's Eraserhead. Yeah! Like, it was so visually cool. Yeah. And they don't spend any time in it. It's just like two minutes in the film and that's it. And I was like, what? Yep. But he just took up the nightmare juice. Nothing came with that. Nothing happened. So they escape Death's Domain. They end up back in Darktown at the Exit Pass area. And Monkey Bone does a bit of a flipperoonie. They're acting nice to each other. Brendan Fraser's like, you know what? I actually missed you. And Monkey Bone's like, I missed you too. And then he hits him over the head with the exit pass, knocks him out, steals it, and gets sent up to Abe Lincoln's head in the sky. Yes, yeah, so Monkey Bone betrayed Brendan Fraser and then took the exit pass so Monkey Bone could leave, except Monkey Bone is a figment of his imagination instead of an actual person, because only actual people get exit passes, apparently. This is all a plan because the Lord of Sleep wants to make new nightmares. So he's sending Monkey Bone into Brendan Fraser's body to make nightmares. Because his girlfriend has the pathogen 
to make nightmares so he wants monkey bone to do a like joker slash riddler-esque plan of like filling the water supply yeah except it's way worse in this movie um full of nightmare juice and this is when the movie turns into slapstick galore yeah and here's the thing it's more consistent from this point onwards yeah the movie makes more sense kind of because the first half of the movie the part that we just talked about the nightmare world stuff yeah was frustrating it looked great yeah but it was frustrating because they never explored any of the cool parts of it it was just dumb jokes kind of skipping over the cool parts that's true this next section at least tells a full story and explores everything it it doesn't have any cool parts to skip over it doesn't have any cool parts to skip over you're right yeah it's all just dumb slapstick stuff (laughs) see look i'm technically right but also we both hate the fact that i'm right (laughs) yeah correct (laughs) what really annoys me is this is when the real world like it could have been good Because you could look at this from two ways. Mm. I like when you could look at a movie from two ways. You could look at it from the movie's perspective, where he goes into the death realm, the sleep realm, and goes through this crazy adventure. Or he's just a man in a coma that got full pumped with drugs. Yeah, exactly. You can kind of look at it in a, it's all a metaphor way, or take everything... Uh, literally sort of way which could be cool the problem is that it breaks that later on with brendan fraser being sent to a dead body which means you have to look at it from the movie's perspective otherwise it just doesn't work at all yes because what happens is now that monkey bones in brendan fraser's body the real brendan fraser has to try and find a way to get into the real world as well. Yeah, to get out to stop Monkey Bone. Because Monkey Bone's controlling his body. And also, the movie, uh, like, if from the perspective of the, the, the cynical, like, it's a metaphor way, mm. the movie explains it by saying, oh yeah, he's gone crazy because we pumped him full of nightmare drugs. Pumped him full of all the drugs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which I quite liked. And, you know, it would have made sense because, like, the way he's coping with all these nightmares is to go full in the off. Because cause mm. early on in the film, it's like he was this, uh, like, nightmare, horrible man where, where he was depressed and, like, yeah. dying, having suicidal thoughts. He couldn't sleep. But she came into his life and then made him, like, draw with his other hand which psychologically, uh, like, he, he joined his other half, which was more of a, like, light-hearted, goofy half. Yeah. And so the way he's coping with now his nightmare overdose is to go full goofy side. Yeah. Which she's like, oh, that's not the real him. And so in that aspect, it would have been really cool, except the movie shits all over that and says, fuck you, none of that matters, because Monkey Bone is actually a real thing. Because later on... Fred Frazier gets put into a dead body and somehow that dead body knows things and is like a a thing in this movie. Yep. Now you're right. Now it's all true. It's annoying. It's annoying that they do that. Yeah, it's annoying because we were, even with all the horny, even with all the fart jokes, you could have had, if if the movie had ended 
a different way, it still could have had that underlying, like, it was all just a, a dream, yeah, essentially. Yeah, they do, instead of Brendan Fraser being sent into a dead body, he's sent into his actual body and they have to have a battle inside his mind. That that could have been good, actually. That could have been good. Like, you have that thing where when Monkey Bone looks into a mirror, he sees the actual Brendan Fraser, <laughs> like the one without the goatee. Yeah. And then they have, like, a, a shadow fight or something where they're, like, re- he's, like, wrestling with himself. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that could have been really good. Or, alternatively, he could have just been put in another copy of his own body and we just had two Brendan Frasers. Mm, yeah, I mean, look, it's an expensive movie, so they could have done that. Definitely send him to his own body and then he has to fight the monkey for control. So anyway, yes, we do have now Brendan Fraser. He's woken up, but the mind is monkey bone. And we know it's monkey bone because he gets a shave and he's now got a goatee. So he's evil. <laughs> he's got a goatee. And it's like, God damn it. That's such a cliche that he's not the real Brendan Fraser because he has a goatee. Ooh. This is just slapstick encounter like just one after the other constant slapstick stuff so he wakes up in the hospital uh, literally a second before they unplug him now give me out Sandro. the doctor says oh if he had been a second later to wake up he would it would, it would you know it would, he would have died you know well the machines would have been turned off no 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 that's it that's what the doctor's saying though and i was like yeah, but you could have unplugged him and, like, he probably still would have woken up. Yeah. If he'd been a second later. Like, the machines would have been off, but he could still have woken up. Yeah, exactly. Like, he doesn't need the machines now. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Doctor, you're being a bit overly dramatic there. Yeah, true. But anyway, yeah, the sister, like, faints. She faints, and then we never see her again, so I guess she died. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, then <laughs> the wife takes him home. Yep. But he's acting all strange, like he sees a cake that she bought for him, and he like grabs fistfuls of the cake, and I was like, ah. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, the dog mm. that they have doesn't like him, barks a lot at him, that's quite important for later on. I like, because then Brendan Fraser's like, no, the dog lies, <laughs> don't listen to him. Yep, yep. Aha, because the monkey can speak dog? I guess. So Brendan Fraser, he's really great in this sequence like yes acting he's fantastic because w- we get this amazing sequence where julie's in the shower <laughs> and we can kind of see her silhouette through the curtain and then we cut to brendan fraser's face and he's like oh yeah and like a dumb kind of cartoony look yeah and i was like oh no the movie's being a horny but brendan fraser like in this movie is now going to be cucked by his imaginary monkey <laughs> he does yeah no he is uh, uh, but then we Whoa. think we think that monkey bone is looking at julie but then we pan out and we see monkey bones actually looking at <laughs> he's actually <laughs> he's watching the discovery channel yeah and he's watching actual monkey's bone <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of funny I, I breathed a sigh of relief because I'm like, ah, oh, that's a good joke. But then, but then he does a <laughs> hilarious, sexy striptease. <laughs> yes. It's such a shame that the funniest stuff in this movie 
is the worst stuff in this. Like, yes. plot-wise, I-, I hate it. Yes. But it's Brendan Fraser doing a very funny <laughs> striptease. And it's really, it's just, like, it's it's very funny. Because That's he, funny. like, he gets up on top of the bed. Yes, and he, like, swings from the rafters because he's a monkey. But he's also just the actor Brendan Fraser <laughs> swinging around, but also stripping. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, look. I get what the movie's going for, and it's and it, it is quite funny to see the actor Brendan Fraser swing yeah. around like a monkey person while also trying to do a sexy striptease. You know what would have been better funny. if the whole movie was just that? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But it would have been better if this movie didn't adapt the comic and was just a slapstick with Brendan Fraser. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. They could have made this movie without the cool nightmare bits and other things. And it probably would have been a better movie yeah. and made more money because people would have known what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it was trying to be two things which really yeah. it ruined both of them. Cuz yeah, we could have just been like this is a terrible movie, but boy was it funny to watch Brendan Fraser do a strip tease as a monkey. Yeah. You know. That would, be, that would be cool. But unfortunately, it had promise, and we are disappointed. Yes, that's, that's the worst thing, when a movie could have been really good, but is bad. Yes. Um, so yeah, Brendan Fraser, he does a striptease, but in the end, he, uh, he like, slips over? What happens? He, like... Oh no, he goes to jump onto Julie, she rolls out of the way, so he ends up hitting his head on, like, the bed. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was gonna go into a coma then, and I thought that would have been very ironic, you know? Um, we cut back to the dreamland. The real Brendan Fraser is in the God of Sleep's dungeon. Yes. Locked up with Lizzie Borden, Edgar Allan Poe, and Stephen King. And Attila the Hun. And Attila the Hun. All famous yep. nightmare makers. <laughs> the guy they cast as Stephen King was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very funny. I, that was very funny when Stephen King popped up, and I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. of course, Stephen King, the nightmare maker. Aha. Because they, they, like, explained that all these people that are here are people who were tricked by the king of yeah, uh, the, nightmares. The god of sleep, or whatever his name is. The god of sleep, yeah, yeah. To be taken over by a figment of their imagination. Mm. So... It wasn't the fact that Attila the Hun was bad. He was just taken over by a figment of his imagination that went on to conquer half of the entire continent of Asia. Yeah, I guess that's what this movie is saying. Yes, and also Stephen King is a dog. Yes, so (laughs) Stephen King's imaginary friend is Cujo, who took over his body. Yes. Except Cujo knows how to write novels, apparently. Yes. (laughs) And has just been churning them out ever since. That's very funny. That was funny. That is a great, great bit in this movie. Uh, Unfortunately, the rest isn't. No. Uh, So yeah, that's the plan, is that they're using Monkey Bone to make nightmares, uh, using the nightmare juice, which Monkey Bone goes and steals in a second. Um, there was a quote which I quite liked where the god of sleep is like, and that is our plan, more nightmares, more ha ha, we're predicting massive box office. Which is funny, because this movie bombed. <laughs> <laughs> Only in retrospect. So yeah, the monkey sneaks into the sleep clinic, and he steals the nightmare juice in the most mm. Jim Carrey, like, Ace Ventura pet detective sequence. Yeah. So he goes to the thing in, like, a poncho, 
like sneaking around. Uh, he gets a hold of the juice, but then he drops it, and oh no, it rolls over to the monkey cage. Oh no, the chimp. Where they've got a chimp as like a test subject. And the chimpanzee's flirting with him. The, the, the chimpanzee's going, more, 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 give me a kiss, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. And then Brendan Fraser kisses a chimp. Yeah. So he steals the nightmare juice. Then he has a meeting with his merch guys. Uh, they're pitching a new toy, which is this monkey bone toy that's got its thumb and its butt. And you pull the thumb out of the butt and then the, the toy farts. And so his plan is, okay, what if we put the nightmare fuel in the toy's butt? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, because uh, this bit of this scene was great, because he goes, could you perhaps put in any concoction, like 2.3 ounces of water and 5% uh, Like, he says, like, an exact formula, and they're like, yeah, sure, I guess you can. And he's like, perfect, we'll take it. We'll do the toy. So yeah, he's going to sell the toy mm. uh, whenever you pull the thumb out of the butt the nightmare stuff comes out and gives everyone nightmares yeah it farts the toy farts it sends out a thing and they made this toy in real life for this movie the entire third act of this movie is a fart joke yeah we do get the quote though nightmare in a butt which is funny <laughs> Yep. It's not funny, I hate it, but it's a better tagline <laughs> than any of the taglines they got. Again, yeah, yeah. Again, it could have been either a really stupid movie, and this would have been a good, like, stupid plot, mm. or a really good, like, satire comedy sort of, dark comedy sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Could have been one or the other, but it stuck in the middle ground where it's awful. Oh, and he tests out... The farting monkey nightmare fuel on the pet dog. Oh, and then yeah. the pet dog dreams of being desexed by the cat mafia. Yeah, that was a cool scene. That was funny. That was very funny and very cool and very nightmarish. Yeah. And I was like, ah, that is a funny scene. That's a good scene. Again, this movie has great moments, but it's just taken down by the, the two sides of the coin plot problems yep. where it doesn't know what it wants to be so meanwhile kitty breaks the real brendan fraser out of the dream prison uh she does this by murdering the rat guard yeah <laughs> so so i i along with probably you thought she was going to be like seducing the guard yeah yeah, yeah or I something because earlier she seduces the the uh god of uh dreams yes. to get the key and that's kind of been her motif the whole film, is she's kind of this sexy cat lady. Yeah. But no, she straight up murders this guard, and we see her, like, with glowing eyes and fangs, and I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> this is way better than I thought it was going to be. That was pretty metal, dude. Da -da -da -da. I'm bringing it back. Again, that's the, like, sort of darker tone. It, it would have been great in the dark, or the dark comedy film, where she's, like, supposed to be this sexy lady that falls in love with them, and then later on, she's just a nightmare cat lady boom that would have been really cool but instead we have to deal with this regular stupid movie because it's trying to be a funny kids film uh so he escapes the jail he goes to death's domain and she's like yep i'll kick you up into a body because i like your comic he, he like breaks it again and the, he gets captured and she's like 
you know what? I just kind of like you. Sure, I'll help you. <laughs> so they figure that plot out. Oh yeah, no, she says, I like your comic, it slays me. Which is funny because she's deaf. Haha, yes, that is true. They do make a pun. So she kicks him up into the real life where, yeah, he gets put into the body of an athlete, a dead athlete. Recently deceased. Yes, who is also an organ donor and the body wakes up mid-doctors taking out the organs. Uh... Which is a weird kind of anti-organ donating sentiment because the doctors (laughs) are, like, made out to be evil. Yes. It's very anti-doctor, which is very funny. (laughs) One of the doctors is played by Bob Odenkirk from from Breaking Bad Ah. and the spinoff. So here's the thing. I've wrote down a lot of quotes for this movie. Mm. Half of them are from the doctors. The doctors are genuinely (laughs) the funniest part of this movie. Yeah, yeah. So the doctors, they see a guy who is recently deceased, he gets back up, like he springs to life. They've already taken out his liver or something at this point as well. Yeah, yeah, they took out his liver, um, and then they all stand there, and instead of going, ah, or scream or something, one of them goes, uh, he he jumps up, and then, like, you know, Brendan Fraser jumps up and starts to uh, get away, and the doctors are like, that's my organs, so get back on that table. <laughs> yeah. Instead of being like, oh my god, this guy's alive. We can't take his organs. We need to, you know, fix him up so he doesn't die. You know what would have been better? Mm. Is if they weren't doctors, they were illegal organ farmers. Yeah, well, that that's what I'm thinking they are. No, I think they are doctors. They're just corrupt doctors. They're corrupt doctors. That would make sense. And they sell, like, half the organs they take up. So it's like, this guy needs the organs for his new Ferrari or whatever. Yeah. Which is why he's like, that's my organs, so get back on that table. Get back on that table. So then the whole movie turns into a chase sequence mm. where the dead body is running from these doctors and they're constantly sc- screaming stuff like, get him, stop that dead man, where doctors we don't want to hurt him we just want his organs (laughs) yeah um they call up they call up like what i'm going to presume is their contact for selling these organs right and uh he's saying like oh yeah no they're 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 in perfect working order the organs uh working better than expected (laughs) working better than expected yes that was funny that was pretty funny yeah 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 and yeah, like, he keeps dropping his organs on the ground, and the doctors run up and pick it up and put it on ice immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a... Like, it's a pretty funny slapstick scene. And the guy that plays the dead body, it's not Brendan Fraser, it's another comedic actor. He's really, mm. really funny as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, who was, who was that guy? Do we know who that guy was? Uh, he's played by Chris Catton, who is from Saturday Night Live. He's in that sitcom, The Middle, as well. Interesting. Yeah, because it's it's weird that they have just this guy for the third act, which is supposedly Brendan Fraser. Like, it's a different actor entirely. So I was like, oh, that's rather interesting. I wonder if he's done anything. He plays the Prime Minister in Sharknado 5, Global Swarming. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Good on him. You know what? He, 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 he fantastic. Yeah, that's what I needed to know. Um, so yeah, the the athlete uh, who is currently Brendan Fraser, the yep. dead athlete, the dead athlete, runs over to his house and gets the original ring that he was going to give to his his fiance, which is specifically 
the uh his great aunt's yep. Brendan Fraser's great aunt's ring. So it's like it has family importance. Exactly. Which is important because Monkey Bone has a scene later which we'll get to. Julie is already kind of thinking that someone else or like Brendan Fraser isn't the guy that she knows. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't uh like this guy because uh, she blames herself, though, for filling him up with nightmare juice. <laughs> she does, which is pretty fair enough, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, and uh, yeah, because Brendan Fraser, he's gone super corporate, which yep. he wasn't before. He was like selling out super hard. And he's like very active and like happy-go-lucky, which isn't the guy she falled in love with. No, and it all comes to a head when, uh, yeah, it's the charity gala where he's going to give away all these nightmare-in-a-butt toys. Yes. Um, And he sings a song for her, except he sings quite a demeaning song, and that's when she's yes. like, I'm I'm done. Yeah, he he sings, uh, she, she's a, a brick house. She's a brick house. It's a tune, but it's not a song you want to sing. <laughs> About your fiancé. About your fiancé. <laughs> Yeah. So then uh, the dead body rocks up and it's like, I'm actually Brendan Fraser. And she's like, no, you're not. I like how he gets in, though, because he he discovers on the way, he, like, jumps on a bus and everyone, like, gets away from him because he stinks because he's dead body. Oh, yeah, and he finds the newspaper. He finds a newspaper about his recent death. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm an athlete. Therefore, I can use my athlete powers of being an athlete to to great effect because he uses them to do like a triple somersault flip to jump into the gala yep. where the charity is happening to get away from the doctors. Yep. But the doctors aren't allowed in because they don't have invitations. The doctors say, uh, we don't need invitations. We've got diplomas. Which <laughs> is funny. That's a funny line. Which I thought was a, was a great line. Yeah. So yeah, he goes in, he confronts Julie, but she's like, you're just a dead body. But then mm. he's like, no, remember that dream you had earlier? And he, he shows her the ring. Yeah. Um, see, Monkey Bone, after the uh, the Brick House song, is like, will you marry me? And then he shows her a brand new ring. New ring. And she's and like, she's like hmm. is that a brand new ring? And he's like, well, yeah. And she's like, but what about your aunt's ring? And he's like, you wanted an old ring? Da, da, da. And remember that dream where I popped into your dream? And she's like... Wow, you rambled incoherently before, but now you're saying things that actually make actually sense. sense. And then the dog is somehow at the gala and runs up, and the dog's like, yeah. oh, it's you! And she's like, that's it. It's you. Yes. You're the real Brendan Fraser. Which is fucking wild that this corpse has come to life. She doesn't question that a corpse has come to life and is now her fiancé. Maybe we just don't know a lot about the world that this movie takes place in. Maybe in this world, they do know that the gods are real. That, like, the god of sleep is real. Maybe Zeus is real. Uh-huh. So, yeah, maybe they wouldn't question if a corpse was around because they know that all these myths and stuff are real. That's a, that's a very good theory, Sandra. I also have a theory. The, the, the movie's bad. Yes, <laughs> that is it. The movie's fucking terrible. I thought that might have been your theory. And ruins everything. Yeah, nah, good point. Um... <laughs> <laughs> 
Could be that one. Could be that one. Could be that one. So then he he confronts Monkey Bone and Monkey Bone's Brendan like... Brendan Fraser as a corpse confronts Brendan Fraser that is Monkey Bone. Yep. And they go on a chase throughout the city. Yes. So Monkey Bone runs away. He runs up onto the roof. Yep. Monkey Bone in Brendan Fraser's body is using monkey powers. Yes. And Brendan Fraser in an athlete's body is using athlete powers. And of they course. climb onto the roof. Yes, of course. And the Monkey Bone, like grabs a giant monkey balloon yep and like flies away in that and then brendan fraser's like haha but i'm an athlete and he does an athlete's jump and grabs onto the balloon as well and somehow this is the best action sequence in the movie because it's really well done as they're fighting while holding onto this balloon yeah they're like swinging from the balloon's ropes yeah and like a monkey bone as Brendan Fraser kicks the dead body, and when he kicks it, an organ flies out. <laughs> an organ flies out, and the doctors yeah. grab it. So what happens is a random cop is like, I've got to shoot the balloon down, and he shoots a butthole <laughs> yes. into the balloon. I-, I groaned. I was like, of course it gets a hole in its butt, so of course. it farts around. Of course it does. And yeah, they crash to the ground, and they die. And they both die! Which was funny. They both die again and yeah they pop back in the town yep and death shows up and death makes quite an entrance she's in a samurai robot mecha thing yeah that like smashes through the ground and like raises up it's pretty cool it's pretty cool it's pretty cool pretty unnecessary spending on this movie that's gonna do really well yep she's like the only way to end this is to put monkey bone back inside of brendan fraser because that was the part he was missing all along now he's whole. What? I don't know. What? I don't know. What? What? <laughs> okay. Yep, sure. Well, I mean, Monkey Bone, yeah, Monkey Bone gets uh, put back in Brendan Fraser's head, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, And then Death is like, yeah, well, I'm sending you back. Cool. They don't Bye. wrap up the story with the god asleep. No. I, like, his plans were foiled. Yes. That's it. They don't wrap up the nightmare fuel, because he's sent back into his body and the movie ends yeah and then he goes over to julia and like the dog likes him again and he's like i'm back and that's the end of the movie they don't wrap up the story no i'm just realizing this now did they destroy all the toys i think brendan fraser's getting arrested for sure he is this is domestic terrorism yeah yeah it is domestic terrorism so brendan fraser is going to jail yeah or actually i think he's charged with domestic terrorism but they plead insanity but they plead insanity or they plead the gods are real in this world or whatever (laughs) yeah uh sorry cop god of death told me to uh god of dreams told me to do it and he's like oh no Ah, not the god of dreams again dreams ah of course that makes sense with the nightmare juice you're free to go mr brendan Frasier. Yeah, I'm just realizing that now they don't really wrap up the story because then it just ends. He's back in his body and it ends. That is Mon- Monkey Bone. It's it's an oldie. It's an oldie, I think. This could even be January. Yeah. Except I th- it's probably got too big of a budget to be a January movie. No, I don't think it's a January movie. It's just disappointing because of all the opportunities that it potentially missed. Yeah, this Because it been good. did genuinely have really great moments and really cool effects. Like, it was visually one of the best movies we've we've watched uh, at least this year, if not if not over the last couple of years. I think it's visually one of the most striking and impressive movies, but it also was terrible. It's really bad. It misses a lot. It reeks of studio 
interference and yeah. them changing stuff when they don't need to to make it more family friendly or whatever. Yeah. Like, I feel like this could have been a really cool, like, M. Like a dark kind of comedy thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, sort of dark, where he goes into this nightmare realm where there's these funny creatures, but it's just a bit twisted everywhere. Yeah. And he has to go through this land to escape so he doesn't die. That could have been so good. It, it could have been good. I, I'm going to give this the Disappointed Award. Disappointed Award. That would be one too many. We've got too many awards. <laughs> We've got too many awards. Yeah, but I want to add another one. A Disappointed Porridge Award. Disappointing Porridge Award. I guess. All right, <laughs> we've got a new award now. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if we're still doing porridge anymore. I don't know. I think we should change it. Should we change it to the Nightmare in the Butt Award? Yeah, give this a Nightmare in the Butt Award. Yeah. So Nightmare in the Butt Award means the movie f- could have been great, but it feels like there was a bit too much meddling. I feel like they they effed it up so spectacularly that it's terrible. Nightmare in the Butt Award. Well, that is it. Nightmare in the Butt Award for Monkey Bone. <laughs> Yep. Uh, wow, that actually took us quite a while to go through, but there was a lot to talk about. There was a lot of rambling. There was a lot of rants. It it had a lot to talk about, but in the end, we are all just monkeys with nightmares in our butts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, now it's time to do our crossover segment, uh, which is a segment where, because we are, of course, covering 2001 for all of this year, we got to pitch a crossover between this movie and some other random film we've done this year. I've got a random number generator. Well, at least we can focus on either one of the halves of this movie. Because True. this has two halves. We could go for the, the dark, surreal movie, or we could go for the stupid monkey bone part. Depending on which one we get, yeah. Yeah, depending on which is more appropriate. I'm going to generate a number between 1 and 163. Whichever number we get, we've got to make a crossover between Monkey Bone and the movie we reviewed on that episode number. I'm pressing it right now. 136. 136, okay. Ooh, it's Masters of the Universe. Masters of the Universe. Oh, God. So He-Man. He-Man. Live-action He-Man. Oh. Meets Monkey Bone. Well, that's interesting, actually, because that kind of works because He-Man had a bit of puppeteering and other things in it. There was some pretty solid, uh, reasonably solid effects in that movie. So I, I know where this is going, all right? This starts off, uh, Brendan Fraser and his... Uh, his and Julie, yeah. Yeah, and Julie, they are on their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. This is this is kind of the sequel S. They're on their honeymoon and they go to a ski resort. Uh, Brendan Fraser goes up on a ski lift, and on the ski lift with him is like a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's say it's The Rock. No, I reckon we keep Dolph Lundgren. He's still pretty ripped. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren's pretty great. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they talk about how oh man, their life was pretty crazy. They had this whole sort of 
um, dream thing where they both went into comas and they're like, whoa, we both went into comas? That's crazy. Then there's an accident on the line. <laughs> an accident on the ski lift. The ski lift comes crashing down and they're both sent into a comas. But is Julie sent into a coma as well? Because she's on the ski lift. No, Julie isn't on this ride. Julie's once again, she like hurts her ankle or something. and uh, They're having relationship issues. They're having an argument. And then she's like, you know what? You go do this by yourself. I'm getting a muffin. Yeah. Which makes it all so tragic when he's once again injured. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. And yeah, so they crash and they both go, but we see them both going into coma together. Like yeah. they fall next to each other. And it's like, whoa, what's happening? Where are we going? Then we see like flashes of like, Skeletor, but also Monkey Bone. And then it's all swirled together. And they're both in He-Man land, but it's also Monkey Bone Nightmares. So is this canon with He-Man or is this just like... Uh, maybe. Okay. It's like a... It, no, it's not canon, but it acts like it is canon. He-Man fans are going to hate this. If He-Man fans threw a tantrum watching that recent show, they're going to throw a massive tantrum watching this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's re- It really shits all over He-Man. Absolutely. And it's called Monkey Bone and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah! Boning the, the Masters of the Universe. Uh, yeah. I have the power of bone <laughs> by the power of boning. I have the power of monkey boners. Well, I hate that. Yep. Speaking of hating things, it's time for the next segment where we talk about people hating things. What do you mean, Sandro? Is it time for rotten reviews? It's the part of the show where I get reviews from Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. And they're always correct because I don't choose the stinky old critic scores because they're, everyone knows critics are just paid out chills. They don't know what they're talking about. You have to get... The average intelligence of a crowd. Where would you find that? Well, the audience review scores. Mm, on Google. Yeah, the Google reviews. <laughs> well, uh, then they, you look at a majority of those reviews, then you get the scientifically accurate facts. We actually don't do the Google reviews, but I'm going to find one. I'm going to find one. But the way this works is I'll get an audience review, I'll read it out to Sandra, and Sandra has to guess between 0.5 and 5 the score that the reviewer rated it. Steve says, I was told this would be a totally unique experience and that prediction was not far off. I think it's negative because like the, and that's not far off makes it seem like it's a bit tongue in cheek. So I reckon it's negative. I'll go uh, Mm. two out of five. Ah, you're correct. It is two out of five. Excellent. Well done. Uh, Spider Mm. says, a movie that is essentially described with one word. Meh. Yeah, I would use the word mess. <laughs> which kind of works with meh. Uh, meh, average, uh, 2.5 out of 5. Ah, I should have gone for 2 again because it's 2 out of 5. Maybe you'll get this review because Isaac said, This is disgusting. I hate it. I don't ever want to finish it. It destroys everything that I love about cinema. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> So was that one positive or negative? It's got to be 0.5. Surely. Surely. Surely it's 0.5. No, it's 1 out of 5. I'll guess 1 out of 5. Not <laughs> 0.5. You just be bamboozled again, poyo. All right. Mashan says, what the actual fuck? 
It's a good question. Uh, one. Ah, uh, two. Uh, two. <laughs> Five. Everyone hates it, but I can't like get a gauge on how much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeff says, a beautiful nightmare. If that's five out of five, I'm going to riot. Are you choosing five out of five? Yeah. It's four out of five. Okay, good. 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 Taylor says, one of those bad movies I'm actually glad I've seen. Not worth a second viewing, but at least memorable. That's true. 2.5. Right right there. Actually, three. Three. It's 1.5. It's more negative than the other ones. Okay. Sure. Jeffrey says, do not see this movie. It was a completely pointless and stupid movie. <laughs> I don't know why, but I find the fact that both sentences ended with movie, I, f- I find that quite mm. funny. I don't know why. Mm. Um, 0.5. No, this is the one out of five, Sandro. Oh this is the one out of five. I've only gotten one right. <laughs> I hate everything. I hate it all. And finally... I've picked this one just because the, the name was very dumb. No, oh, no. Sexy Big Girl 19191 at <laughs> dot com. That's just an email address. I think I've got to bleep some of that out. <laughs> it is. It is. I like Brendan Fraser. I think he's a good actor both in action movies and when he stars in comedy. He usually does both at the same time, actually. Mm. I think you'll find. He does He does do a bit of silly action. Four out of five? It is four out of five. Hey, well hey, done. I got you the first one and the last time. one. I did check Google reviews and I found this one review that I find really funny. By the Sarkiv. Uh, Sarkiv? Okay, Sarkiv. yeah, tell, tell us what uh, what they've got to say. Finish us off, Sandro. Literally the greatest movie ever made. Right <laughs> next to Beetlejuice and the Scorpion King. <laughs> now, here's my question, right? If you were, like, literally the greatest movie ever made right next to Scorpion King, that's a joke. Yes. Because Scorpion King, the spin-off of The Mummy Returns, is not very good. However, yes. this person also named Beetlejuice, which is objectively great. Oh. So this person must think that either Scorpion King is, is good, is really good, or thinks that Beetlejuice is bad and this review is ironic. I feel like they think Beetlejuice is bad and this review is ironic. I hate that review then. <laughs> <laughs> That's my impression, but yes. Anyway, that's the episode. Uh, Thanks for listening. As always, hope you found enjoyment out of our suffering watching Monkey Bone. Yeah, and I'm really excited for next week where we're going to be a part of That's Not Canon Productions. It's going to be a very exciting new adventure for the podcast to go to. It will be, and that will be happening, uh, that changeover at some point during the week, but that won't affect you at all. You'll just notice ads maybe. Um, but you should check out other podcasts over on That's Not Canon. That's Not Canon.com is where you can find more information about them if you want. Mm. That is happening next week. But in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can. It's pretty easy too. We're on Instagram at oldiebuddygoodypod. Uh, I've also got a personal Instagram that I use. You don't use yours, but they're linked in nope. the episode description. Uh, we got Facebook. Yep. Uh, we're always on your, your podcasting apps. All Spotify. Of them iTunes, potentially YouTube. It's a weird place there. We've been... So all of this year, I have been uploading the YouTube episodes just a few hours after the main show goes out, but because of the change in stuff, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. We'll see. 
But if you do want to help us out, you can review us on uh, yeah iTunes or whatever it's called now and, and Spotify. That helps us out. Or if you want to help out in a monetary sense, uh, patreon.com forward slash pod. Get that uh, bonus battle between Kid Co and Cloak and Dagger, two 1984 kids movies. That's out right now. Mm. You can get the bonus episode on Robocop 2. Links to all of that in the episode description. Also, thanks to Josh Cake for our theme song. Always going to shout him out. Always, always appreciate it. Now, I've got to make a choice and pick the movie that we bring our podcast into the collective with. Um, so, for this week, you've got quite a few choices. So, first off, we've got Carman, The Champion. All right. Uh, a Christian boxing movie. I know. <laughs> wow. Uh, the Caveman's Valentine. Ooh. A cave-dwelling Samuel L. Jackson sets out to track down the killer of a homeless boy. That could be good. All right. Not bad, not bad. No. Uh, we have Lady in the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure. Ooh. It's a young dog runs away from home to join a street gang. I watched that movie so much when I was younger. Wait. The first one and the sequel. And the sequel. Wait, you've seen this movie? Oh, uh, this is one of, if not the only, direct-to-video Disney sequel that I have fond memories of. Wow, I've never even heard of this movie. I've heard of Lady and the Tramp, the first one. Mm. Never the second one. It's one of those Disney sequels, like Aladdin 2. It's like a straight-to-DVD, straight-to-video piece of garbage. It is one of those. It is one of those. But I remember it being good. And then I remember watching Fox and the Hound 2 and being like, this sucks. Oh, shots <laughs> fired at Fox and the Hound 2. All right. Fox and the Hound, though, it's pretty good. It's a good movie. Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Mexican. A man tries to transport an ancient gun, believed to carry a curse, back across the border. A curse? An ancient cursed gun. That sounds interesting. Sea Spot Run. It's a bad name. A mailman adopts a dog that turns out to be an FBI trained and uh, on the run from a crime boss. That sounds odd. I, I I don't know about that one. Sounds like animal endangerment to me, and I pass on it. Mm, and we are quite sick of it from the 90s slash 80s. The Widow of St. Pierre. Hmm. The story of a disillusioned army officer who disobeys orders to help his wife save a convicted murderer. Sounds like a pretty typical drama. Ah, uh, dog. Yeah. Eh. Samuel L. Jackson sounds like a pretty typical revenge action film, so eh, also. Well, it's cave dwelling. Yeah, but like, there's heaps of that. Like, a, a mm. hard broiled detective has to revenge a kid's death. That's going to happen mm. a lot this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of those, for sure. The Mexican sounds interesting. I looked it up. It is directed yes. by Gore Verbinski, who did a bunch of the, like, Pirates of the Caribbean movies mm. and, like, Lone Ranger and stuff and The Ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's cool. But I just can't go past Lady and the Tramp 2. Oh, you, oh, oh, you, oh, no. You want to do the Disney sequel? Well, because I remember it being pretty fun. Oh, that's true. You've seen it. You know. Oh, yeah. That's got to live. Well, here's a fun fact. I haven't seen the first one before. The first one, it's good. Uh, but it is also pretty racist. Mm. Um, granted, it did come out 70 years ago. so Well, you it know. is a Disney film, so that makes yeah, sense. It is a Disney film from the 50s. I actually quite liked the live-action remake of Lady and the Tramp. It's one of the only live-action remakes that actually worked. Oh, okay. 
So wait, so you obviously have to watch the first movie again, because you're picking it. Oh yeah, you've got to go into it with no knowledge of the first one. Yeah, do I watch the first one, or do I just watch Lady and the Tramp 2 before even watching the first one? You know what? I'll do it. I'll watch Lady and the Tramp 2, record the podcast, and maybe I'll watch the first one afterwards. From memory, it doesn't matter at all, because it's a Disney sequel and it's just the same thing all over again. Yeah, it sounds like he runs away from home, which means he probably runs away from all the plot of the first movie. Yeah, from memory, it's a repeat of the first film, but with the kid. Like, it's their kid. Oh, okay, cool. Well, well then, I guess I'll just get to see Lady and the Tramp, but a remake anyway that's we gotta run that's the end of the episode um yeah i've gotta get going thanks for listening uh we'll wrap it up with the best quote from monkey bone before we go into the lady and the tramp for next week my favorite quote is oh yeah we're predicting massive box office bum 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 this is a fart movie. Yeah. What's your favorite quote? <laughs> I'll be right back after I choke my monkey. <laughs> Brendan Fraser says that while chasing after monkey bone. And that's a masturbation joke. Oh, this movie was the peak of comedy, actually. I take it back. I'm giving this a Grady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>